Welcome to Harvest Mission Community Church. You are listening to one of our sermons. What we want to do is, let me just kind of lead us into the different sections of prayer that we're going to be doing. I, I just want to first state that I'm going to just give a brief exhortation to get us in the right frame of mind as well as the right heart that we need to enter into tonight in our time of prayer. Uh, as you know, there's so much going on, and there is power when the family of God, we come together in prayer. And that's why we will call this encounter gathering, and we, we wanted to focus on prayer for our city. We need to be praying for our city. I was just thinking about where a lot of us are right now, and I realize that it's really easy for some of you, and myself included, is just to complain about everything that's going on, all the inconveniences. And that's where our heart is at. And that's not a good place for us to really see God doing some great things. Uh, for others of us, we're blaming the government. We're blaming other people. And I just don't think that's a good place for us to begin to love our city and to pray for our city. I think some of us are at maybe at a point where we're really despondent or even apathetic, and we just don't care anymore. And some of us are going through some mild depression, and we just don't want to go out, and we're just stuck in that place. That's also not a good place for us to really love the city and pray for the city. So tonight, I'm going to believe by faith that the Holy Spirit will really ignite our hearts together. And so when we come praying, interacting with one another in the Zoom, using the mural, uh, also just being able to see each other, that it's going to encourage us that we're not alone, that there are a family of God coming together to begin to pray and asking God to do some great things. So I'm going to try to give us an overview of what we're going to do tonight. There's going to be four sections into this movement of our time of prayer. And the first thing is this. What we're going to do is we're going to first have some personal prayer time for the city. And I, I think this is going to be so important because unless we ourselves posture in such a way, our hearts, our minds, so that we know the heart of God, <clears throat> and then we could also pray for the things of God's heart, we're not going to be able to experience that deep change that will come even as we're praying. The second part we're going to do is that we're going to pray for our campuses and our life stages. And so we're going to spend this time to pray for all the different campuses that we have, also praying for the different life stages from building blocks to all the way up to the covenant ministry. And we want to be praying because we believe that prayer changes things and it honors God and God's heart is moved. So that's the second part of the prayer that we're going to enter into. And the third part is that we're going to have some time of prayer for different issues in the city. So there are so many things going on, and we just divided it up to various issues, and we realized that this will be a great time for some of you who have a burden for particular issues to gather in smaller groups with other people who have just the same burden as you, and you can pray together for that particular issue. And we'll give you further instructions at the end. So we're going to be doing that. And then the last part is we're going to ask you to break up into your life groups. So we're going to officially kind of close everything. But we're going to have you in your life group close out the time. And so the reason why we decided to do this is because 
you are in your mission field, wherever it may be, whether you are a single adult working in, in the city here, maybe if families, you're part of the covenant ministry and there's different families around you, many of you in the different college campuses, that's your mission field. And we want you to be able to pray for things. So those of you who are leaders, we want you to lead this time to be able to lead your life group, to pray for your mission field, the different needs that you already know about. And then we also want to spend some time in this uh, life group time to pray for Easter. Easter is coming up really quickly, and we want to be able to be a blessing to the whole city. Uh, many churches are trying to pivot and have an Easter that's possibly, I mean, it is going to be uh, over Zoom or online. And so we want to be asking God to help us not only to be creative, but find ways that we can speak to the hearts of people. If there's ever a time you want to invite some of your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, your family members to experience Easter or just even Christianity, the love of God to be poured into their hearts. It is during Easter. That's why we need to be praying for it, getting ready for it. That's why we're having all these things that are going on during Lent, the Monday blessings that we're praying together because we believe that this was going to be a very monumental and a pivotal moment for many people as they're struggling. If there was ever a time that they're looking for something, it is right now. Before so many things were just going well, that they weren't seeking for God. But now they are. They want questions answered. They want to know if there's something greater than what they see here. This is the reason why we want to encourage all of us. Let's, let's pray that this coming year we'll have the most people reached with the gospel message than ever before. We were able to meet in the convention center. But now through Zoom, there's going to be so many more people we could reach out to. They could just kind of go online and watch it with us. So let's, let's pray that we'll be able to reach out to as many people as possible. So that's going to be our format, the four sections, and we're going to kind of move along. So let me just give about a 10, 15-minute exhortation just to encourage us and to also look at the Bible to help us to pray on the things that we need to pray about. Let me just give us the one thing. I was thinking about what, what do I want to share as we talk about this prayer tonight, and it's simply this. There must be a spirit of unity as we pray for our city with clarity. So once again, it is that there must be a spirit of unity. We've got to come together, and as we pray for our city, and we've got to pray with clarity, understanding the heart of God, the things, the issues that are going on, and praying for those things. So once again, we must, uh, we must, we must have a spirit of unity as we pray for our city with clarity. I'm going to just talk about two things, and it's very simple. I'm going to talk about the importance of cities, and then I'm going to just talk about the intercession for cities, how we ought to pray for cities. Let me first talk about the importance of cities. One of the things you have to understand is that all throughout the Bible, we see how God deals with people in various cities. I mean, just turn to Genesis and all the way through, you'll see city after city after city. And the reason why is because it is the story about broken people broken lives who live in these cities and God's heart for them and how he wants to redeem them and save them and to be able to flourish them and help them to experience the goodness of God. And I think this is the reason why God loves cities. It's because cities are filled with people. A lot of times we just see buildings, we see the infrastructure, but I pray that every single time we're talking about cities as a church, you'll always connect it to people because people make up the cities and i think this is god's desire for his redeemed people like you and i to not only love to care but to pray 
for the city because it's really about the kingdom of God coming in and reaching out to people who are still lost without the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the reason why Jesus said that we are a city on a hill. And listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. I'm going to read it from the ESV. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, people who study cities, they have estimated right now currently there are over 50% of the world's population that live in global cities. Now, what they've discovered is that when they did the trajectory, that by 2025, there will be close to or over 75% of the world's population that will be in cities. So I want you to think about that for a moment. That right now, 50% of the world's population live in cities, but by the year 2025, or excuse me, 2050, there will be close to 75% of the world that live in cities. I think this is the reason why you and I have to care about the cities. This is the reason why you and I have to be burdened about cities, because 75% of the world's population will be living in cities by the year 2050. And right now, over 50% of the world's population. That's why Timothy Keller in his book, Center uh, Church, he writes this, the most effective way for Christians to reach the world would be for 25% of them to move into two or three of the largest cities and stay there for three generations. I want you to notice that. It says to have people move into the largest cities of the world and to stay there for three generations. And can I just say this? This is the reason why I don't think it's a good idea for us to flee the city all the time. I mean, I, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be direct with you here, and I, I realize that it's just easier just to move away from situations and problems. And I know some of you who have been living in Hong Kong for a long time, you're going to be moving to different places because of the political situation and everything that's going on. I want to challenge you. Not to say you need to not move, but I want you to think about this. A lot of times when we make a decision, the decision is based on our comfort and our convenience and our rights and what we want. When was the last time you made a decision because there's lost people and even though it's an inconvenience to you, even though it's certain rights or things that you're used to is taken away from you, that you're saying, God, I am surrendered, that you could take everything away from me as long as I could love your people who don't know Jesus Christ and I could reach out to them. When was the last time that you had that kind of heart for people? Because obviously we saw this during the protest. Some of you just fled. I understand. Please don't miss. If that's you, I'm not picking on you. Don't look at people. Don't point fingers. Don't send direct messages to them. I just want you to think about this. Because when you fled, it was about you. Safety. But have you thought about there are people who are scared, who are lonely, who don't know Jesus Christ? Because that's why they're scared. They have no hope. Who's going to speak to them? Who's going to reach out to them? Same thing with the, the situation now. With everything that's going on, so many people are fleeing the city because the business and because of all these other reasons. I mean, I'm telling you, if, if, if 
Hong Kong is changing. And to me, I think about it, we've been praying about reaching China, India, and everything within the circle. And if the people are coming to Hong Kong, then why not stay to reach out to the people that are coming to this city? See, th this is the reason why well, sometimes it's not what you say, but believe what we do. What you do speaks more about your values than anything else. So if God loves the cities because people make up the cities and there will be more people in the cities than for us to flee from that, the cities that we live on, to live in the suburbia or wherever it may be, it just shows that we're not understanding the heart of God. I think this is something we need to repent of. Not only individually, but as a church. That's why Jeremiah in chapter 29 verse 7 says this, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for it is its welfare you will find your welfare. What God is telling the Israelite people because they were sent into Babylon, instead of trying to go back to Jerusalem, stay in Babylon. And bless the city, pray for it. Work towards it so that the city will be blessed. It will be prosperous. Why? Because if the city is blessed, you will be blessed. And I think this is something that we forget. I want you to look at the other translations. We've seen this before, but I want you to look at it again. It says in the NIV, Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because, say this together, if it prospers, you too will prosper. Like when was the last time that you wanted to bless other people and by blessing them, you yourself end up being blessed? That's the same concept here. Prosper the city, pray for the prosperity of the city, and you yourself will be blessed. You yourself will be prosperous. The Contemporary English Bible says this, Promote the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because you're what? Come on, say this. Future depends on its welfare. Your future. This, this is something that we forget that our future is often tie, tied in with what we're experiencing in that particular place. And he says to pray for it, for the prosperity of it, so that what? Because your future depends on the city. So instead of fleeing away and saying, oh, the city sucks. Look what happened. This is not the Hong Kong I knew and all this kind of stuff. Like, why don't you, why don't you make it better? Share the gospel, live out the gospel, because when the city is blessed, you will be blessed too. And then listen to what it says in the NCV. It says this, also do good things for the city where I have sent you as captives. Pray to the Lord of the city where you are living, because if good things happen to the, in the city, good things will happen to you also. To do good things. What are those good things? How can we good, do good things for the city? Well, I think it's by sharing and showing the goodness of the gospel. The way you live your life and the way you share the gospel with your life, people will see the goodness, the goodness of God and the goodness of what God is offering to us through salvation, through Jesus Christ. There's a phrase that we have in our church, and we're going to put it up right now. Look, look at this phrase. It says this, that we must be a visible display and a viable demonstration of God's love. This is some, a phrase that we have said over and over again. Read it again. We, we must be a visible display because people have to be able to see it. We cannot just talk about it. They have to see it. 
We must be a visible display and a viable demonstration, something that is real, something that has shown that you have to demonstrate. Don't just now just say, I'm a Christian. Now you know I'm displaying before you, but now you are demonstrating it through the way you love. That's why we get involved with some of the issues in the city, to give to the city, to be generous to those in need, to pray for those people who are hurting, to get involved in different spheres of society. Because why? Because we want to show a visible display and a viable demonstration of God's love. So this is why the cities are important. Let me just close out with the intercession for the city. And these are principles that we've heard before, we talked about, but it is so important that we intercede for cities, that we have God's heart for these cities. As you begin to pray, you pray with God's heart for the city, and as you begin to gain God's heart for the city, you will begin to pray and intercede even more. This was what happened with Nehemiah. Do you remember in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3 and 4? This is what he says, And they said to me, The remnant there in the providence who has survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. What a, what a great reminder. When was the last time you saw things around you here in the city or your campus or your workplace, wherever it may be, and you saw so much disarray and just, just complete mess and just people who are broken and people who are struggling and wanting hope? When was the last time your heart broke like Nehemiah and you began to pray and even fast and say, God, this is something that is on your heart and I want your heart. I want to pray for these things. For us, all we do is complain. Some of you from certain countries, your gift is complaining. Stop complaining and start fasting. Start praying and asking God, God, here am I. Send me, do something, do whatever you need to. I want to challenge us with this. To have Nehemiah's heart, as he heard the news, his heart broke and he wept and he fasted and he prayed. When was the last time you wept over the city? Now the thing is that if it affects you, then you start weeping. But what if it doesn't affect you? But it's some of these people. You've watched the news, you've heard about it. Some of these domestic workers who were completely kicked out and they have to sleep outside in the cold. Like does it move you? This is where you realize your priorities, all of our priorities are sometimes completely flipped upside down. We have, we have literally made in, unimportant things important things. And those that are important to the heart of God, we've decided they're, they're not that important. This is Nehemiah's response. And look at what it says. And the king noticed Nehemiah and his face being downcast. And the king asked him what was wrong. And listen to what Nehemiah says. This is his heart. He says this in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 3. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruin and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Pretty much what he's telling the king is, how can I not be sad? How can I not be broken? Because this is the place where I grew up. This is the place that uh, I put my roots down. And so those things that are on the heart of God are on my heart. Because this is a city that God loves. And because the cities are filled with people. 
Our hearts must break for the things that break God's heart. Do you remember Jonah in the Bible, the prophet Jonah? He did not have God's heart. In fact, he was so centered around himself and his own hatred for the Ninevites. And God had to rebuke Jonah to help him to see God's heart for the people, those people who are lost. And that's why in Jonah chapter 4, verse 11, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. It says this, Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 uh, innocent pe uh, persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand and are not yet accountable for sin, as well as many blameless animals? I don't know. I guess God does love animals. Praise the Lord. But we see here that there are 120,000 people. And it breaks God's heart. And he's saying, should I not be concerned? These are my people that I love. See, I realize that for some of us, we just don't care. But we do care about ourselves. When you care about yourself, there's going to be no room to care for others. Less of me, Lord, and more of you. And I think one of the best ways to know where your heart is at is when there's a lot of stress and busyness. Because who do you look out for? Number one, all the time. Now, if you had nothing else to do, and like, oh, I have nothing else to do. Oh, that seems like a good thing to do. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing it for God or you're doing it with that kind of heart that you need. But the true test is when you're busy, when you're stressed, when you have so many things going on, but you pause and you say, no, this is so important to the heart of God. I'm going to make time. I'm going to make room. To pray. That's why I love the Living Bible Translation. This is part I want you to listen carefully. Because this will reveal where your heart is as you look at the city. It says this of the same verse in Jonah chapter 4 verse 11. This is how they translate it. And why shouldn't I feel sorry for a great city like Nineveh. With this 120,000 people in. Come on say these three words with me. Utter spiritual darkness and all its cattle. Utter spiritual darkness. See, some of us, we, we forget that we were also in utter spiritual darkness. And then God shone, shone uh, his marvelous light. And so he has taken us from darkness into his marvelous light, as First Peter talks about. And we forget that. And here is the people who are still in utter spiritual darkness. And bottom line is we just don't care. What we do care about is our work, our GPA, what kind of job I'm going to get, what kind of intern. When it comes to you, you care a lot. But when was the last time you had a heart for lost people and people who are in utter spiritual darkness? It breaks your heart that you're actually fasting and weeping and praying for the city. If we're serious as a church to make an impact in this city by being here, if this city is not better than it was since 2015, then I'm wondering why are we doing what we're doing? I want to believe that ever since our church got started here in Hong Kong in 2015, that, that the city is better than what it was before. Spiritually. We're seeing more people come to Christ. So we're rescuing people from hell into heaven we're bringing more people into heaven so i'm praying that spiritually that hong kong is much better than where it was before we came 
That's what I'm praying for every single church that gets started. If new churches get started in Hong Kong, praise God, we need more people. There's 7.4 million people, and we're not even close to even touching a fraction of it. So more churches get started, praise God, there's more opportunities to reach more people with the gospel message. And I will say the same thing to those new churches, is that if this city is not better off than it was when you first started and where you are now, then why are we doing what we're doing? I do hope and pray that since 2015 and where we are right now as a church, that we're seeing the city being blessed because of Harvest Mission Community Church. This is the reason why we need to do what we do. And so as I shared earlier, there must be a spirit of unity. We're going to come together in unity and as we pray for our city with clarity. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time, some personal time in prayer. Can I just encourage us? I've been in so many different Zoom meetings. Not just with you and my life groups, but I've been with Zoom meetings with people from all over the world. And there is this Zoom fake you know what I'm talking about. You, you kind of look like you're engaged, but you're looking at other things and working on other things. Like, you do that on your own. If it's for class, whatever, you could, that's, I'm not going to control your life. But we're in this holy moment with God and with brothers and sisters in Christ and in a spiritual family. And we want to use this time to be in this holy moment, to be engaged in prayer. And like I said, I, I, I wish, I, I don't want to be like this monitoring kind of person looking at everything, that you, but I'm just challenging us and asking, exhorting you. There is power when we are unified in prayer. But if some of us are not praying and we're just kind of there, then I feel like we're not going to be able to experience the fullness of that power that God will give unto us when we're all together focused on Him and praying for the things that He wants us to pray for. So this is my challenge. No one else will probably know because you might be doing a lot of other stuff behind that laptop screen. But can I just challenge us? Don't let Satan have a stronghold in this moment. Let's stay focused. Just give the next hour to God and say, God, this is for you. This is for the city. This is for people that, that are lost in utter spiritual darkness. And will you pray focused, not getting distracted by all these messages, but stay focused. Turn off your WhatsApp if you have to, just to stay focused on the heart of God. This is why I believe that when we come together in this unity and we pray with clarity, great things will happen. So what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to give you some time at this moment to just to be able to pray. And this is how I want you to pray. There are two things I want you to think about. Can I first ask you to pray for a heart of repentance? for not having God's heart for the city. Let's just be honest. There are times when I get annoyed about things that are going on, and then sometimes God has to kind of like hit me in the head and wake me up and realize, like for me to keep on thinking this, it's not God's heart. As you saw in Nehemiah, he wept, he fasted, he prayed. Let's just be honest and God, I don't have that kind of heart. I don't love Hong Kong that way. I feel like this is my second city or my adopted city, but I don't have a heart that I do like back home or whatever. Let's, let's just confess that. 
Let's just repent of that. And spend some time just in repentance. Say, sorry, God. In, in Nineveh, there was 120,000 people in utter spiritual darkness. In Hong Kong, there's 7.4 million people. I don't even think, I don't know how many Christians we have in Hong Kong, but I don't think it's that much. So we have so many people, 7.4, who are in utter spiritual darkness. And if that doesn't move your heart, I don't know what will. If you have a really hard time, just think about maybe your parents. Think about your brother or your sister, someone that you really love. And just think about if they were in utter spiritual. Some of you don't even have to imagine. They are in utter spiritual darkness. They don't know Christ. The way you will weep and break over that your parents, that you will spend a Christless eternity. Your, your parents will with a, sprite, a Christless eternity without knowing Jesus Christ. The reality is it should break your heart because you love them. So pray for that, to be able to say, God, forgive me for not having your heart. And then secondly, pray that he will give us his heart. So first repentance, and then just ask that you will receive his heart. If I could encourage you, some of you are thinking, well, how do I pray for his heart? Reread the passage that I gave you in Jonah chapter 4, 11, in Nehemiah chapter, reread that again. And to see like, oh, this is God's heart. This is how people respond. When they have God's heart. Pray for that. Say, give me, give me what Nehemiah had. Give me the heart that you were speaking to Jonah with because he disobeyed you. Give me that kind of heart. So can we just do that at this moment? Uh, I'm going to give us a, a, a good five, six, some minutes. That Some of you, I know you feel it's better for you to write out the prayers. You can do that as well. But I would say do both. Some of you always like to just, oh, I love writing because I'm a poetry man and so you just write which I don't I'm not against that's great but you also got to learn how to verbalize I guess Satan could read I don't know but uh, he sure can't read your mind so verbalize it there's power in words so practice verbalizing and also after you pray maybe some of you need to write out some stuff because it helps you to focus so we're going to just give you some space here just between you and God and let's not do anything else. Let's focus. Let's be unified together in prayer. And I want you to begin to pray. Prayers of repentance and prayers of receiving God's heart. Give me your heart, Lord. And then we'll pray for the next several things. Let's pray together, shall we? Thank you for listening to the Harvest Mission Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit our website at hongkong.hmcc.net.